Welcome inside the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan. Got the whole crew with me. Chris Parliament, Brandon Piller here to break down the Western Conference play-in of who will make it to the round of 16. We know the four teams that are waiting. We'll discuss who of those four teams has the best shot to go all the way. And, of course, we'll put a send spin on all of it. All that and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast. Your team every day. Today is Thursday, July 30th, and we have our Western Conference preview. We know the four teams who are automatically getting to the round of 16. It's the Dallas Stars, it's the Colorado Avalanche, it's the Vegas Golden Knights, and it's the defending Stanley Cup champion, St. Louis Blues. So before we get to all the play-in series and all the storylines that surround them, for the round robin, I have a simple question for you, and I'll start with you, Brandon. Who of those four has the best shot at the Stanley Cup? I've been saying it all week. I'm going to stay consistent. The Vegas Golden Knights. Um, I just think, yeah, they finally pulled it all together. They've got some guys who have great experience. Uh, Stastny, Stone, um, Leonard. Like, this team, they've, they've finally pieced it all together, and they're no longer just a team of misfit guys anymore. You know, they have a culture. They have identity. They have a way that they like to play, and they've they've encompassed themselves as one of the best teams in in the league now like they're a powerful team that anybody who meets them in the playoffs should be really worried about yeah and we know Marc Andre Fleury has his best playoffs when he knows there's somebody he can lean on as well and how about the addition of Alec Martinez a guy who scored a cup clinching goal in his career he'll help that defensive line Parley same question to you man if you want to talk experience, let's go immediate experience. I like this St. Louis team, man. And the way they played last year, that game where they won the cup, that might be the greatest playoff road game I've ever seen played. I mean, they just got up on them and just played flawless defensive hockey. Big I think, saves early, too. Exactly. And, you, you know, everybody showed up that night, and they just played that game plan to a T. And I think that that is a taste that has been pushed I mean, because of this gap in play, but that is something that's just been kind of burning in them since that's happened. I think a guy like Ryan O'Reilly is just going to go out there and lead this team. Alex Petrangelo as well. Both those guys are just great players. Uh, I think that if they just stick to the game plan like they did, I really like guys like that and Braden Shen. I mean, talk about a perfect playoff performer. It's kind of like Brady Kachuk. I just really like the way that they play hockey, and I think that they're built for the playoffs, and they showed it last year. I think they're going to do it again this year. Yeah, a couple, I guess, subtractions, but as you would for any Cup team, Pat Maroon, who obviously had that huge goal yeah, in six, true. double overtime, but then you look on the other side of it, Robert Thomas was only 19 last year when he won the Cup, so he has an extra year under his belt. Sammy Blaze. Yeah, Sammy Blaze, another year to his uh, name as well. Um, yeah, Robert Thomas, 42 points in 66 games this year. Um, and of course, Jordan Biddington only getting started in his uh, career after really making a name for himself right when they made their coaching change and were at the bottom of the National Hockey League. So those four teams, they know that they're going to be in the round of 16. They have some warming up to do, which is good. I guess we should mention Dallas as well um, in all this, a team that's low event, 29th in goals against and or, or goals for rather and you said pillar they're high up in goals against in terms of the fewest allowed yeah uh only boston uh has allowed fewer so 
And it's so crazy when teams are on complete opposite sides of the spectrum there. I I think it's going to be interesting. Ross, you know I really like the Dallas Stars. They would be actually my second pick in the West uh, after Vegas. I would put them ahead of the St. Louis Blues just because I think that this is a core that's hungry and these guys need it. Like, man, how frustrated do you think Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan, uh, Klingberg, like all these guys, knowing they have the talent, they just haven't been able to put it all together. I think this is a season with Ben Bishop being one of the best goalies in the league that they can go far if everything works out for them as long as their veterans can keep keep things together because they're relying on some uh, older players to perform, that's for sure. Yeah, well, I'm glad you mentioned Ben Bishop ascends abroad. Starting goalie, I'd say. We're not sure when and if Robin Leonard will see the net in Vegas, although I would imagine he does somewhere down the line. Mark Stone, of course, the other sends abroad up in uh, in Vegas. And um, I got to ask you this question. I don't know if it would be Mark Stone, still relatively new. But if, Ve- if Vegas is your cup pick, they don't have a captain right now. Who goes up to accept that trophy? How do you how do you decide? That's got to be something discussed in the room. But well, Derek England went up to get the true. Western Conference championship that was my choice. years ago. I think it's probably him. Yeah, uh, d- yeah. I mean, he's been there since day one, and he was. It was such a moving speech he gave that night. Uh, not to opening night. Yeah, go back to tough times, but uh, yeah, he's definitely meant a lot to that team. Another guy too, though, is uh, Jonathan Marchessault. He kind of took on that uh, that Vegas Golden Knight kind of role, showing up in the Lambo and they were yeah, going the every Lambo. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I could see him doing it, but yeah, uh, nothing better too, though, boys. As I get a little off topic, is if a guy like Derek Englund goes up there, full playoff beard, just a big burly yeah. guy, probably has a black eye, broken nose, and he lifts the cup. That's what hockey's all about. Yeah, exactly. You think back to Big Z had one of the most iconic cup raises ever, and it was the high. I forget who called that game, but it was such an awesome call. It it was something along the lines of this is the highest the Stanley Cup has ever been raised. It was so good. First European captain to win the Stanley Cup as well, Big Z. Another sends abroad. Wow, we're getting all through it. And later in the week, we'll introduce player by player your sends abroad. If you want a sneak peek, head to Send Central on Twitter where we have a poll up. It'll probably be closed by the time this comes out, but... Hopefully you voted because we're adding a third-string goalie. And uh, it could be contentious between Chris Dreger and Brian Elliott, the Moose, over in Philly. They're both backup goalies. Sens fans hope that Dreger won't get into any playoff games because then likely the New York Islanders will be continuing on and therefore forfeiting that draft pick until next year. But then, sorry, now talk about getting off topic. I just saw that the Islanders are one of the oldest teams, if not the oldest in the playoffs. So it, this could be a San Jose shark situation where that pick goes to next year. And all of a sudden it's even better. So that's up against the cap well. too, up against yeah. the cap too. Like that's some tough money over there. And Matty Barzell's got to get paid. Like it, wow. it's, I would not want to be. We know Lou doesn't. Uh, we know Lou doesn't give in to those very easily. So that's going to be interesting to shake out, but that's in the East. You can also go back, listen to our podcast um, that dropped on Tuesday, uh, where we previewed the Eastern conference to the Western Conference play-in series. We're going to go team by team, one storyline from each team. And I'll start with Edmonton, a team with two sends abroad. Of course, Alex Chieson, Cup champ 2018, and Tyler Ennis is there as well. My question, I guess I'll, I'll put a sense spin on this, but we'll get into a bigger conversation about Edmonton, is do you think that either of those guys will get an opportunity to play in the top six, which is pretty coveted, means you're playing with either Dry Saddle or McDavid? 
Uh, it's going to be interesting. I don't know. You know, you get into the playoffs. I think that that's going to be a line that is going to be make or break for them. And it's going to be a lot of uh, moving parts there as we kind of have learned to come accustomed to when it comes to Edmonton. Are they on the top line still? Are they not anymore? Anytime they need a spark, which seems like every third period when they're not playing together, they get thrown together. Uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see because like it's been in the last couple of years in Edmonton, there hasn't been a lot of talent around them. Well, here's how they're lining up as they've gone through training camp. It's been Nugent Hopkins on left wing with McDavid and Cassian as the top line. And then, yep, right there, Tyler Ennis on a line with Leon Dreisaitl and what may be an X factor in this series, Kyler Yamamoto. So two um, smaller players on either side of the big German center who can really dish the puck. All three of those guys with great vision. So my question, we know offensively they have it, but on the back end, we know Mike Green opted out and also... In goal, do they have enough in Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen to make a run, Pilsy? I'm going to go with yes, but I think they need to lean on Mike Smith here. This is a fiery, fiery guy. He's got a lot of passion. He's got a reputation to uphold. He's a great playoff performer. Tippett relies heavily on him. We know the trust that those two have in each other and their relationship I think you give the net to Mike Smith, and until he loses it, you let him hold on to it. Because although he's a veteran, I think with a goalie, the the passion and the mindset to have to win is so strong, and that guy's got it. Goalie-friendly show there. Well said, Pelosi. I also think Mike Smith, for his entire career, maybe he's had some ups and downs, but I think he's one of those guys that's been able to every year in his career show that he's still able to go out there stand on his head and make a 50 plus save uh performance and i think that's what you're looking for in the playoffs especially when you factor in the experience he has over a guy like koskinen well i think my favorite matchup from this series is going to be head-to-head between the two captains we know Connor mcdavid had nine points in 13 playoff games the only year in his four years three years i guess because this year they have made the play-ins but he hasn't made the playoffs three out of his first four seasons, which is scary to think. 13 playoff games for him going up against Captain Sirius, and he has a seriously impressive playoff record, 128 games, 110 points, three Stanley Cups. Can Jonathan Taves, at 32 years old, keep up and shut down number 97? It's so, it seems so crazy, even from when we were kids, the generational talents, 32 is still kind of a young guy. He's kind of in the prime of his career. And now we're saying, can he keep up? And the kid he's got to keep up with is even younger than me. So times definitely have changed in the national league. I think it's going to be uh, kind of uh, keep up by committee, if you will. I think there's going to be a lot of guys that are kind of moving around. Allah, even when they had those great runs, when they won, I'm talking Dave Boland, who I mean, pretty legendarily shut down the Sedins in a series or two. So uh, I think they're going to have to look past them. Obviously, some different coaching staff as well that was in there, as we talked about in our Eastern Conference show. Obviously, Coach Q has moved on to Florida. He was there through all their runs. But uh, I think if the coaching staff is finding a way to maybe not try and keep up offensively with McDavid, but shut him down defensively. I think it's a shut him down role instead of a keep up role. It's just hard, Pelzi. I want to come to you with this one because, look, if you're not having Taves, you're relying on two young centers. Their second-line center, Dylan Strome, same age as McDavid, actually went two picks later, but not in the same tier. And then you go down even further. Yeah, Strome was a third overall pick. So was this guy, Kirby Dak, but this is rookie year. So how how scary, I guess, would it be 
if you're Colleton behind the bench of, of the Blackhawks, you see 97 out on the ice and you're stuck with one of your young centers. Well, at least with that point, you're not you're not looking. Can they keep up? Um, well, they'll keep up better. I mean, only a handful of guys can actually keep up with McDavid. But the thing I like about Chicago is they've got that nice yin and yang between veterans and fresh blood in the, in this team. Like you've got the guys that have been there and done that in all their dynasty uh, years, going winning cups, and then you've got all this. Uh, new talent coming in there. Uh, you mentioned a couple guys, Debrinkit, another guy, uh, Kubalik is another one who um, really can put up points, and he's going to be a big part of that offensive depth that you know Chicago relies upon on their big runs. They don't just rely on Taves and Kane. The, it's those depth guys. Brandon Saad, uh, look, they brought him back because they know he works with their system. So it's going to be guys like that. I think head-to-head, the dynamic duos are going to kind of cancel each other out. This is going to be a battle of the depth here. We'd be remiss, too, if we didn't mention Showtime. Patrick Kane, 30 years old, still well over a point per game. So this is going to be firepower against offensive firepower. It's going to be a wicked series to watch, as is Winnipeg and Calgary, but for a big-time different reason. You're not going to see too many goals here between Big Save Dave and Calgary and well, I think the leading candidate for the Vesna, if it's not already wrapped up, Connor Hellebuck, what he did in Winnipeg this year was actually ridiculous. So Hellebuck and the Jets against Calgary Flames and their, I guess, depth. They've got quite the team, I think. Lots of uh, scrappy players, as you'd expect from a blue-collar city like Calgary. But what do you, what do you make of this series? I, I'm having a tough time handicapping this one. Me too. I think it's going to be a series that goes uh, five games. I don't think these teams like each other too much, but I think this one is entirely dependent. You mentioned that it's going to be scrappy. I think if Calgary's top guys can show up and kind of uh, produce early and often, I think that maybe sometimes they get their feet stuck in the mud. They can get they can slump easily. But I think if guys like Johnny Ham and Cheese and Sean Monahan and even uh, Matthew Kachuk, who if you got the name Kachuk on your back, you're expected to show up in the playoffs when it gets scrappy like that because that's your bread and butter. So I think if these guys are able to go out and take care of business early, uh, there's still some big names. Don't get me wrong, over there in Winnipeg, but. Uh, I mean, it's going to be interesting because as much as you say, like you said, Ross, it's tough to handicap. More and more you think about it, it, it changes uh, because you got a guy like Makachuk out there and Milan Lucic in Calgary and stuff like that, but Blake Wheeler isn't going to get pushed around. Guys like that aren't going to get pushed around. So it's Bucket going to be Kyle interesting. Connor. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's going to be. Uh, I think it's going to be an interesting series. But uh, I think if Calgary can get the big players going, they might be able to solve the Connor Hellebuck puzzle. Yeah, I'm with you, Parley. I think Matthew Kachuk is is the guy who's gonna win this series for the Flames. I've I've been flip flopping back and forth between Jets and Flames, but I really just think the Flames have this series because that back end, when you look at it, the experience on the back end compared to the Jets decor. Sure, the Jets decor actually surprised a lot of guys. Pionk and Morrissey put up some decent points, but Josh Morrissey's they, a beast. But they I don't like have that experience. They don't have that experience like a guy like Giordano, uh, Brody. Um, these guys have just more playoff experience. And I think they're, the offenses match up enough, but the defense of the Flames is going to get it done. But then you look at the goaltending. Hellebuck is miles ahead of Riddick. So it's it's going to be a flop. It's going to five games for sure. Hey, if sends abroad, Dylan DeMello, let's not forget. 
Of course not. How could we? And when you need experience, whether it's on the back end in the postseason or when you need a part for your car, you have to call Rock Auto. You know it's a family business that's been serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. Now that is experience. Go to rockauto.com and you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers. It's the most simple thing to do as well. Their catalog is so easy to navigate and they literally have everything. I'm talking engine control modules. I'm talking brake parts. I'm talking tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Look, whether it's for your classic or daily driver, you can get everything you need in just a few easy clicks. Best part, it's delivered directly to your door. That could come in handy if your car can't even drive. You're not taking public transit to go get a piece for your car. No, you just give them your address. They ship it directly to your door. It's a unique catalog, remarkably easy to navigate, as I mentioned. And you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Rhetorical question here, but why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Why not take that second half and buy yourself something nice? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. All that we ask is that you write locked on in their how do you hear about us box. That way they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Okay, boys, we've covered three of the four Canadian teams out west, so let's finish off the Canadian teams before getting to our final series, the Vancouver Canucks. Are we confident in them? They've been bouncing up and down all year. You know, they've got Jacob Markstrom playing really well. He's in a contract year, and they're up against the so exciting storylines galore out of the Minnesota Wild. I, I think this one is going to be a big one uh, for specific players. I think that if Vancouver can come out and guys like Bo Horvat, who's wearing the C now in Vancouver, Elias Petterson, Brock Besser, who's had lots of rumors swirling around him. There's against these... his hometown team. Exactly. Yeah. Minnesota boy. So I think this is a big one. This is where this Vancouver team has got to show up and they're young players who are all under 25 years old can look around and say, look, we're for real. And I didn't even mention Quinn Hughes. So, I mean, these guys can go out there and establish themselves as playoff players, not just good regular season players. And this is where young players turn to veterans. I think Bo Horvat is one of those guys. I talked adamantly about a guy like Ryan O'Reilly earlier. I think Bo Horvat's got a lot of that in him as well, and he can show it here. So, I think this is a big one for the Vancouver Canucks. They got to go out and prove it early against this Minnesota team, who I would say has a lot more experience. Yeah, but I I think partly the Minnesota's experience is going to be tough on them because you're looking at this Wild team and they're relying. Look at the guys they have to rely on: Stahl, Suter, Parise, Zuccarello. These guys are all kind of in the the downturn of their career, and they're going to be relying on these guys for heavy points. I mean, Kevin Fiala, he had a nice season, but is he going to light it up in the playoffs? I don't think so. And then you look at the questions in goal. Dubnik had a terrible season this year. Um, are you going to rely on Alex Stalock, uh in a 
five-game playoff series? I don't think so. So really, I think this is one of the series, this and Montreal-Pittsburgh, uh, where it's going to be an easy sweep for the Vancouver Canucks. And a guy you didn't mention that I think is actually going to play a big role in this parley for the Canucks, how about Tyler Toffoli? Point-per-game guy when they got him, and the chemistry that he had with this squad it was like he he had been drafted and developed by this team. Like he fit in so nicely. I think he's going to be a key piece to this team. And Ross, before you go, how about that pickup of JT Miller? Everyone thought they overpaid uh, in that trade massively. He led the team in points. So I think this Canucks team has what it takes this year. And Markstrom on a contract year, he's got to prove that they need to put their money into him rather than wait on Demko. This is a big series for these Canuck guys, like you said, Parley. Well, you mentioned it's going to be an easy series win, Pillsy. It would be their first series win since they made it to the Stanley Cup Finals in 2011. They haven't made the playoffs since 2015. So they've gone through. Alain Vigneault was their coach in 2011-2012. He lost in the first round. His final two years, of course, John Tortorella just had the one season there where they didn't even make the playoffs. Willie Desjardins comes in. They go three years without a playoff win. Now Travis Green in his third year behind the Canucks bench, looking to not only win a series or a play-in round, I should say, I think they're a team that's looking to make a deep push. And you mentioned the Toffoli acquisition. It didn't hurt that he was able to reunite with Tanner Pearson, two guys who were very familiar on the same line together. That's Jeff 70s Carter line. In the middle. Exactly. Line. Two cups for each of them with uh, the LA Kings 2012 and 2014. So you can never have too much playoff experience. And I think the Canucks really have that in spades. I was actually going to ask you guys a trivia-style question. Who had the most points on the Canucks? I figured you'd both say um, Elias Pettersson, but it was JT Miller. Can't fool me, Ross. You can't fool me. (laughs) No, and when we were talking at Poulin uh, last week or on Monday's episode, he mentioned Quinn Hughes as a guy who this break could benefit more than anybody. And from all the reports we're getting out of Vancouver, he looks fresh. He looks like he's flying out there. He could be a dark horse for me as one of the best defensemen going in this tournament. Similar as as Kale McCarr was last year. You know, he had that extra little run at the end of the season, into the postseason. You could say he was around a bit more solid of a team, certainly on the power play was. But this Vancouver power play is deadly as well. They can score, and I think Minnesota's going to have a lot of trouble. And Minnesota has to lose because we have them as the landing spot for Alexi Lafreniere. Okay, the Arizona Coyotes, man, they're in the news for all the wrong reasons as they head into the postseason for the first time since, what, 2012, I think, was the last time they even made the postseason? That's a long rebuild, and they thought they were on the right track. John Chayka quits. He goes, see you later, guys. I guess the new ownership, who he helped sell on the team, ended up wanting a little more control than he wanted to relinquish, and he got an offer somewhere else. There's lots more to that story, but let's focus on the on-ice product. Of course, Arizona will be taking on Nashville, a team that resembled a former Ottawa Senators-style team, where they have a defenseman leading their team in points by a country mile in Roman Yossi, a Norris candidate. But is that going to be enough? This Arizona team, they're young, they're hungry, and they definitely have the advantage in goal. Let's start in goal. I think that's going to be the key to this series, Parley. Where do you think that uh, the advantage lies? Darcy Kemper, maybe even Antti Ranta, or are you going with the more experienced Pecorine? Although, from some reports, it seems like UC Saros might even get the start in game one. 
Yeah, there's lots of buzz around this New York team. I know we focused on their crease for a long time in our East preview show, but this is one of those ones where you've seen it coming for a long time and you're wondering when the man is going to get leapfrogged and that man is Pecorine, a guy who's played so well for so long. Leapfrogged by a small guy too. (laughs) Yeah, over a big guy. Uh, But Pecorine for so long was kind of the class of the West when it came to between the pipes. And now UC Soros, yeah, you mentioned it there, Pilsy. Maybe not the blueprint of the uh, modern age goaltender, but yeah, a small guy, I believe at like 5'9", coming in he's just so athletic and he's just we've all been waiting for him you know he's been one of those prospects where he's bloomed into a quality backup and then it feels like the age is like 26 now where a goaltender really starts to kind of come into his own and we've been waiting for that to hit for a long time with UC Soros and this might be the situation where it gets done so yeah New York's got a lot of question marks in their blue paint but I think Nashville is right behind them when it comes to that conversation and Ross you mentioned Roman Yossi there I mean if you're a goaltender I think a guy like that in front of you will make you look good on any given night crazy stat about him you threw that one out there about him a country kilometer away in points over uh, anyone else wearing a Nashville uniform this year but let's not forget he led the league in controlled zone exits and controlled zone entries Wow, that's unbelievable. Yeah, impressive stuff. And they had a mid-season coaching change too. Peter Laviolette, 19, 15, and 7 to start the year. John Hines comes in and goes 16 and 11, Pilsy. Um, are you confident in this Predators team? I think they're ripe for an upset. I I have Arizona here, Ross. And goalie-friendly show, we just talked about uh, the goalies. Darcy Kemper, I think... If he plays more of this season, he's one of the favorites in the Vesna conversation because he did it all without uh, really a solid team in front of him. Like I feel like the other guys had maybe Hellebuck, you could argue, had the had the weakest team in front of him. But Arizona certainly behind the Jets there. I think Kemper is going to steal the show. And Nashville, like they're they're like one step above Minnesota. Like I feel like they're kind of the stuck in mediocrity. And they don't play that physical. For having such a good decor, um, only the Minnesota Wild have less hits than the Nashville Predators. So if they're going to be big contenders in this playoffs uh, play-in series, they're going to have to step it up. A guy I really think could be a key in this series, Phil Kessel. He had such a disappointing season coming over to Arizona. We thought hooking him up with uh, the head coach there would do wonders. But he was a minus 21 in the season. But I think in the playoffs, that's when he shines. And he's a guy that can give you an easy, quick goal. Him and Taylor Hall are going to have to really carry this offense. Going back to the defense, though, for the Predators, you mentioned hits. I think when guys are so, I mean, Ryan Ellis, small guy, he plays positionally so well he doesn't have to throw the body around I mentioned Roman Yossi's ability with the puck he kind of stays away from physicality and show me a veteran player with a better stick than Matthias Ekholm and I think Dante Fabro on the right side of that pairing is just learning from him and he's even more athletic so I think that this uh, top four for the Predators can just absolutely shut a team down and how long have we said that about this team it's ridiculous yeah, Paris sends abroad on the same line, Kyle Turris and Matthew Shane. Mm-hmm. All right, boys, it is prediction time. Edmonton against Chicago. Parley, who you got in that one? I think it's Edmonton because what we talked about earlier, I don't think they have the committee that's going to shut down Connor McDavid. And uh, it's ridiculous that we're talking about that in the Art Ross 
winner is right behind him. So even if you can shut down McDavid, you're exhausted trying to shut down 110 points out of Leon Dreisaitl. I think this one, Chicago is going to win one. I think Patty Kane's got a little magic in the showtime mitts, but uh, I think this one's going to be a four-game series with Edmonton walking away. Bellasy? Ditto. Yeah, same uh, same for me. Four-game series. Uh, Chicago's too good, and they got too much pride to get sweep uh, swept, so they're going to go with the the asterisk gentleman the, the ge- sweep. The gentleman sweep, exactly. But the, but the new yeah. gentleman sweep, the th- the three one. <laughs> the play-in so, sweep. Yeah. Well, we, we have a clean sweep. I don't know how many gentlemen are on this podcast, but we have I have Edmonton in four as well, and uh, I'll lead off this one. Then I have Calgary in five games against Winnipeg. What about you, Pillar? I'm there with you. Calgary in five games. This is going to go right down to the wire. I think. This is one of the only series that I wish was a seven-game series because this would go to seven games, and that would be electric. And uh, just to round this one out, I think that uh, Calgary is going to win it. However, a name we didn't even throw out there was Patrick Line. I imagine he gets hot. We know when he gets going, this team's a different different hockey team. So uh, I think Calgary's got more tools to do it. And uh, I don't know, though. Patrick Line, a big-time X factor in that one. Calgary still gets my vote. Okay, Vancouver, Minnesota, Parley. Vancouver, because I think guys like Bo Horvat can show up in situations like this. And if Quinn Hughes is looking that good, that's bad news for Minnesota. In how many games? Four. I think Minnesota's got the decor. Matt Dumba in overtime. I'll even say that. Oh, wow. Okay, I got Vancouver in a clean sweep. Pillsy, you? Vancouver in three. I don't even think Minnesota sniffs a win. You think they score a goal? (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah come on, on. Right. i think they'll score a goal yeah i'm, I'm not that low on them but uh, i don't i don't think they beat uh, the vancouver canucks and dumba doesn't even get the chance to score in overtime all right arizona and nash vegas nashville i should clarify now that vegas actually has a team i got arizona in five wow eh? i'm gonna yeah. take do you I think the reasoning? offense is too much. The offense is too much there for, for um, Nashville, whereas Nashville has so much trouble scoring. Uh, I am excited because they do have firepower in Nashville. They just all had down years. So will Matt Duchesne come to play? Will Ryan Johansson play? Will Victor Arvidsson, who was hurt for much of the year, will he come back and be a factor in this series? So there's too many question marks, and I don't like the midseason coaching change as well. Um, so, yeah. Oh, for St. Louis last year, bud. Yeah. No, but did St. Louis end the season 16-11-1? No, that doesn't inspire too much confidence for me. I mean, with the layoff, I think guys like uh, my X Factor in this one's Ryan Johansson. I think he's got so much talent, but he's maybe not had the tools around him to make it work. points this year, man. I know, but he's got so much talent and such a big body. I mean, he showed up well against Winnipeg last year in the postseason, so it'll be interesting. This year to see what they're able to do. I'm going to take Nashville in this one because I think that there's a lot going on in Arizona behind the scenes. I don't know if it'll show up on the show up well on ice. How many games, Parley? I will give Nashville in five. Okay, Nashville in five. What do you have, Pilsy? I'm going Arizona in five because Kemper's going to steal this series. I think we're going to have a lot of 2-1 games. There's going to be some overtime games. I think... This is not going to be an exciting, uh, high offense uh, fan favorite series. I think it's going to be a shutdown series. And Arizona's Arizona's got what it takes to shut down this team. And I really, I don't know whether 
Pecarine or UC Saros really gets my attention in net. So Arizona's going to make it. And I feel like this, in a regular playoff uh, atmosphere, I don't think Arizona gets gets much farther than this. But with the way that this is going, I think they have a lot to prove. And with the way that uh, this is all set up, they can make it. Well, so many questions that will all begin to be answered on Saturday, August 1st. We're inching closer to puck drop. For real this time. Exhibition play, sure, but it's going to be real then. For Brandon Piller and Chris Parliament, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast. We've got your team every day.